Thank you. Um, any children, kindergarten through third grade, are welcome to go through that door for children and worship. Well, um, today we continue our, our journey um, through Exodus. And uh, so, so far, just to sort of catch us up just a touch, we've... Um, Based on God's promise and call of uh, um, Abraham, he said, Abraham, I'm calling you. You're going to lead a people. And from that people will come the very salvation and blessing of every tribe and every family of the world. And that that people then flows from Abraham and uh, that we find the beginning of Exodus. They're in Egypt. We're there. They're imprisoned for 430 years. And God calls Moses to lead that people of God out of slavery, leading them to the, the promised land again for the very purpose of the, the salvation, the blessing of every nation and every tribe, every family of the world. And that's um, the journey that we're on with um, uh, the, the people of Israel, that God is, is leading them to their true home. And, and we've, we've talked about how that... Uh, um, yeah, that, that home is a, a place of, of provision, a place of um, safety, a place of uh, um, community. And uh, today I want to add uh, another is that it's also a place for purpose. Because you can have home, you can have provision, and you can have community, you can have safety um, for the wrong purpose. Uh, you're you're doing what you're doing for the for the wrong reason. For you're moving in the wrong direction, and 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 God leads us home to to the place so that we are living life fully and for all of eternity. It, it's it, it, that it is a part of not. He's leading us not to my dream, not to your dream, not to the American dream, but to God's dream. To, to God's plan so that we are finding in, in our home. And what a home wants to really do is to, to form us to, for life. You know, if you, you, you have a home, you have children, you, you want to form them for life and life to the full. Well, God leads us to a home so that we are formed for life for true success, eternal success. And what Jesus has told us, what God has told us, that that ultimately finds its place in love. You know, that, that's the language of eternity. That's the language of, of heaven. And, and that, that is what is of utmost importance. Um, there are a lot of other good things that are important, but not as important as that. Um, uh, as important of, of growing in love. No, not, not health, not money, not fame, not intelligence, courage, perseverance. They, they, they are important, but the ultimate purpose is love. And, and actually, as, as, as Missy was sharing, the first step in that is humility. Being freed from our own self-absorption, our own self-focus, our own comfort or happiness or satisfaction safety or our own success but instead it's built on trust and dependence upon God that follows and that that's what home truly is and what we'll see today what what the Egyptians learn is that finding that place of home of, of real purpose of eternal purpose 
is, is found as they learn to obey, as they learn to remember, and as they learn to celebrate God. So we'll be uh, looking at Exodus 13 and, and 14 um, uh, as they are freed from slavery in Israel and now are on the beginning of that journey and God is leading them and we'll see they find themselves in that proverbial rock in a hard place between the Egyptian army coming after them and the waters of the Red Sea on the other side and they're caught there. And that's where um, God will help to lead them in this section in terms of growing in obedience in remembering him and in celebrating um, his work. So let's pray together. Uh, gracious God, that we give you thanks again for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to gather uh, together. And we, we ask that you indeed would help us hear your word so that we would obey and be led and formed uh, into that true home in you and being formed for true success in you that you would continue to bring to mind so that we would remember all the, the work that you have done in us. And indeed, we'd be freed even to celebrate. Um, no matter what uh, the situation, we'd be free to celebrate because of your, your power and your love at work in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. Um, Genesis or Exodus 13, starting with verse 17. Um, it's on 53 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was nearer. For God thought if the people face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people by the roundabout way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt, prepared for battle. And Moses took with him the bones of Joseph, who had required a solemn oath of the Israelites, saying, God will surely take notice of you, and then you must carry my bones with you from here. They set out from Sukkot and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went in front of them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them along the way, and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light, so that they might travel by day and by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Right. So the first thing that we see here is that on this journey out of freedom toward the promised land, God is going to lead them. God's going to lead them in at any time and every place, just as God is going to lead us. Whether it's during the day, then he'll be a cloud. Whether it's during the night, then he'll be a fire uh, so that we can see him, hear him, and follow him. And as we see here, uh, sometimes God will take us on journeys. He took them little roundabout ways, God knowing what was ahead and us not knowing, but we know God. God is the one who promises to lead us just as he led them. And that God will have reasons um, in his leading that we can't understand and may never understand until we see him face to face. But what the promise is, what we see from here, is that God will always lead. 
And so our question every day as we go forward, like, God, what are you leading us to do today? What are you leading me to do today? What what adventure do you have for me to go on to today? And do I really want to know it? <laughs> you know, is this is this one where you're going to lead me to the Red Sea or is this one where the Red Sea opens? But God will be leading. And a question for us as his community, as his people. God, what, what, what do you think God's asking? What do you think God's leading us to do? Way that we interact with one another. That that needs to be and must be our first question. And, and part of the reason that we spend time in the scriptures is because this is where we know, we know this to be God's word written. And so what God will lead us to apply this and in different ways in our own lives will always be in concert with his voice in the written word. And and part of reading the scriptures is to train us, train us to know and hear and recognize God's voice uh, amidst the symphony of voices all around us. Um, I have a a friend who... um, Used to be a bird watcher. He's not with us uh, uh, anymore. Maybe he's still watching the birds, though. But he would he would know the birds. He know them by their nest. He know them by their sight, and he'd know them by sound, because he'd been out there. He'd been out listening to the birds over and over. And I can say, yeah, that's a bird, not a train. I, I knew that much. But he could say, no, no, that's some something warbler uh, over there. And then, oh, no, that's some that's a robin or a crow. Or, you know, I mean, he would know. I don't even know the birds names, but he would know what sounds they made because he had immersed himself to hearing their different sounds. And so for for us, we immerse ourselves in God's word because so we can hear his voice and obey. It's God forms us for home, for true success. As a home, he forms us for true success. The, the, the first step for that is knowing God's voice and then hearing it, following him, doing what he says. And, and again, that's our, as a community, we're here to help each other hear and then follow the voice of God to the best that we can. And you see a great example of this in Joseph. Even though Joseph's been dead almost 400 years, he's still obeying God, still following after God, even if it's just his bones now that go with them as they're on their journey to freedom. Now, the, the second thing on this journey, then we see that God shows what true success is. What is our purpose? What is our goal? In this uh, chapter 14, um, starting with verse 1 and then 10 through 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Piharoth between Migdol and the sea in front of baal Sephon." You shall come opposite it by the sea. Pharaoh will say of the Israelites, They're wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has closed in on them. I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them so that I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And uh, verse 10, As Pharaoh drew near, The Israelites looked back, and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. 
In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there was no graves, there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to keep still. Now, the point of their their journey was God's glory. That it was that God would be known, that Yahweh would be known as the one true God, both by Israel and also Egypt. Catch that in verse four that he says, the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. But both will know that God is real, that God is the, that, that Yahweh is the one true God. Not one of many gods, not an imaginary God, but real and active and powerful in the life of his people and in the world. And therefore worthy of everyone to follow, trust and love. This journey is to reveal God's existence, God's power and God's character. Now, and and again, not just for the Israelites, but for the whole world. This won't be on the screen. You can just listen. But this goes back, actually, to chapter 9 during the plague of hail. And and you'll see, you'll hear it here how uh, um, God's desire is not just for Israel to know him, but for the Egyptians. Um, because as he sends the hail upon them, he warns them all, warns the Egyptians and the Israelites. And so for those who are Egyptians, hey, if you will take your stuff, you'll bring all that you got, you'll put it under a roof, they'll survive. And so even the Egyptians would see, if you obey Yahweh, it will lead uh, to your flourishing. All right, and so this is a... Um, Chapter 9, verse 14. For this time, I will send all my plagues upon you yourself and upon your officials and upon your people so that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. Again, God's I want you to know me. For by now, I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence and you'd have been cut off from the earth. I mean, it wasn't God's desire to destroy them. He wanted them to know him. But this is why I've let you live to show you my power and to make my name resound through all the earth. You are still exalting yourself against my people and will not let them go. See, that first step must be humility. Don't exalt yourself, but exalt me. Tomorrow at this time, I will cause the heaviest hail to fall that has ever fallen in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. Send, therefore, and have your livestock and everything that you have in the open field brought to a secure place. Every human or animal that is in the open field and is not brought under shelter will die. And when the hail comes down upon when the hail comes down upon them. Those officials of Pharaoh who feared the word of the Lord hurried their slaves and livestock off to a secure place. Those who did not regard the word of the Lord left their slaves and livestock 
in the open field. So God's desire was for his glory to be revealed not only to the Israels, not only to his people, but to his creation in Egypt as well, to the whole world. And again, as we saw in the first part, now God's revealing his glory, but it is taking a cost upon the Israelites. <laughs> they're, they're, they're now caught in that hard place. And you can begin to imagine as they're looking at the, the, the waters of the Red Sea and seeing the Egyptian army coming upon them, they're now complaining to Moses, why'd you ever take us out of there? It would have been better to have stayed in Egypt. Now, they were wrong, obviously, but... They forgot where they came from, forgot what God had done to let them go, and now were focused purely on the, the moment at hand and their own concerns. And it's important to see here that God's focus is on God's glory, on, on God's being, of Yahweh being known as the one true God in the world. And it was not upon Israel's immediate happiness, security, and safety. And, and neither is it for you and me, nor the church around the world. God's not leading us particularly and focused upon leading us to our happiness or security. He's leading us to real success, eternal success, which is his glory, which will result in happiness and security for all who are in him. But there are moments when we are right in the middle, just like the Egyptian, just like the Israelites were, they were in the middle of exactly where God wanted them to be. And they were a part of this good eternal plan of saving the world, of multiplying as followers, of maximizing human flourishing for all of eternity by drawing more and more to know him and to follow him and to find their home in him. But in that moment, in that moment, we can lose sight of that bigger picture they were crying out to send them back. But in that moment, Moses is saying, didn't say it in these exact words, my words. Do you think God would have brought us here just to have us slaughtered on the beaches of the Red Sea? Did he bring us to this point just to totally be destroyed? Or is his purpose greater even than our immediate situation right now. What Moses call, is calling them to, what God calls us to, just as our uh, God promises to lead us, our, obedi- our obedience is our reaction. Well, here in these situations, it is a charge to remember. To remember the power of God that is acted in our lives and the lives of others that are all around us. And that God will see us through. In the beginning of chapter 13 um, and throughout Exodus, what you, you see is the institution of the Passover feast. You know, with great detail, he goes in both in 13 and in other parts. And, and the reason for having the feast, the reason for those special days is so that God's people will remember and also pass it on. 
Um, uh, as, you, as you read through this, you go back and read through 13, you'll see, he says, I want you to do this. I want you to uh, get all dressed up. Put your travel clothes on. You know, put a staff in your hand. Almost be in the sprinter's stance. And I want you to just eat real fast the, the unleavened bread because you're, you're, it's going to be a reminder of that day when the Lord said go. You had to just take what you could, eat what you could, and go. And your kids are going to sit around. What are you doing? And that will give you an opportunity to say, Oh, remember. Remember what God did. When we were in slavery and he freed us. It's, it's in those moments that, that, that those moments of, of great pain and anxiety of uncertainty and discomfort when we're between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea that we remember. And the way we remember is because we've formed ourselves regularly. Why we gather here every Sunday is to remember Of God's sacrificial love for me and you. To remember. Of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, for me. um, Even on snow days. I still want us to meet. For me. Because I want to remember. I need your help. I need the, the community of people, even if it's just a couple, to sing a song or two to remember, to come back to the word, to remember. Even when I was still on sabbatical and nobody was paying me to go to church, I went, we went regularly because I needed it, I wanted it, I need to remember. Otherwise, it's way too easy for me to get stuck in being a self-absorbed, arrogant Weak human being rebelling against God's ways and wanting to go mine. I need the community to gather and help me remember. So that in those moments, when the Egyptian army's breathing on my neck and I can feel the, the waves of the Red Sea on my toes, that I remember and say, no, God is in control. And God has promised to lead to him and what is true success. I, I, uh, you know, given that this weekend is, uh, and tomorrow is the day we celebrate uh, Dr. King's um, birthday, I was reminded of, of that, that this Exodus story was, was really for civil rights movement. It was their calling card. That, that God has reached down and delivered us from oppression and slavery and led us into freedom. And in, in their days of leading uh, us, leading the, the church, as Daryl said, leading the church to lead that charge in, in the face of fiery crosses, in the face of death threats, in the face of bombs and murder, They continued to say, no, God is the one leading this charge and he will lead to true success, even in the moments of immediate failure. Finally, what we see then in the end is then God, God, God leads 
Um, God shows his glory, and then God delivers with power. Chapter 14, verse 21, 22, and then 26 through 28. So they're at, at, at the Red Sea. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove back this, drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over this. This is after they got on the other side. Now stretch out your hand over the sea so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And at dawn, the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. In the the midst of this kind of crazy situation, impossible situation, God's power, God's love, God's plan of saving the world through the nation of Israel, just as he had called Abraham, is being fulfilled. And our response to God's power is then the next chapter. It's celebration. Because you look in 15, then it's the song of Moses. As Moses sees that the people have walked on dry ground through the Red Sea, and he looks back and sees now the Egyptians totally destroyed by the sea coming upon them. Moses and then Miriam, who is the worship leader of Israel, they lead in song to celebrate what God has done. The work that God does in you and me in the midst of impossible situations so that his glory will resound and others will see and know him. Again, that's the act of why we gather um, on Sundays as well. Not only to remember, but also to celebrate him. In, in thanksgiving for the good stuff that God has done in our own lives and in the life of others. I always appreciate those who start their prayer. Dear God, thank you for getting me up this morning. Oh, it's just such a simple reality that isn't promised. It's not a blind optimism, but it is one that we've been formed by the word and by our lives and the lives of other Christians to say God is at work and we celebrate him. I was reminded of that this week by DeMarcus Cousins. If you're an NBA fan, which in this a group this size, there's probably two. But he was a... A uh, basketball player for the Golden State Warriors, and he's an all four time all star. And uh, this weekend was his first game back after a year um, of being of recovering from a ruptured Achilles um, tendon, and he uh, had a whole year of having to recover and get back. Now, Demarcus Cousins is not one I would usually use as an example. I don't find his character to be exemplar, to say the least. Um, but on this particular game, his first game back, he, he was behaved largely, knowing his antics from before. And he was asked about that after the game. 
and he told uh, the folks that his girlfriend had sent him a picture just before the game of him from nine months earlier when he was in a wheelchair looking out of his hospital room with his leg bandaged, unable even to walk on it. And when he remembered that and celebrated the reality of the day that day, even DeMarcus Cousins was well-behaved because it put it all into perspective. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, we we are those who remember and recognize that we deserve God's righteous wrath. I, I know that I am not good enough and that I deserve God's judgment, but instead Jesus has taken my place as the sacrificial lamb. The, the cross is my regular reminder of who I used to be without him. It's the regular reminder of who I would be and shudder to think of who I would be without him today. And that he has cleansed me just as he has cleansed you. He and his power has made you right with God and me right with God and us right with one another in him. And that is eternal, true success that he is forming us for and has already accomplished at the cross and the power of the resurrection. That is our journey home. Learning to obey because he leads. Learning to remember because he has saved. And learning to celebrate because of his powerful, wondrous love that has rescued us in obedience, in remembrance, and in celebration. We are formed for life with God forever. Amen. Let's, uh, let's pray.